Hey, all you upcoming legendary children, welcome to the official Canada's Drag Race podcast. I'm Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, resident Judgy Judy of the North, and your squirrel friend spirit guide for all things Canada's Drag Race. I'm going to be joined every week by some incredible extra special guests, queens, and members of our Drag Race family as we recap each week's episode from top to bottom. You'll get an inside peek into what we see from up on the judges panel, and I'll kiki with the eliminated queen of the week about her experience in the workroom and on the main stage before she done already done had hers. But before we get into it, as always, fair warning that this episode is going to be full of what? Spoilers! So be sure to watch along with us and stay up to date on all new episodes of Canada's Drag Race every Thursday night on WOW Presents Plus in the United States and select territories on Crave in Canada, BBC Three in the UK, and Stan in Australia. And now... Ladies and gentle them, start your engines and may the best woman win. Hey kids, I'm here with this week's extra special guest host, Amanda Bruegel. Hi! Hi! How are you, honey baby sugar child? I am so good. I'm so happy to be talking to you. It's so nice. I miss your voice. Oh, I miss you too, honey. I know. We had such a phenomenal time kikiing together up in Canada back when we were filming this. And now we're 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 on different sides of the border, seemingly in two completely different worlds. How are you doing up there in Toronto? You know, I'm I'm great. It's been it's it's opening up. We're in stage three in Toronto, so I don't have uh, a lot to complain about. You sort of reflect on things you took for granted, like being able to be around people and walk outside mm. and uh, just enjoy life. And so um, it's good. I'm excited to get back to work, but also it was really nice to have the time that I had with my kids. That being said, again, they can go to school and I'm going to go back to work. We've had enough time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys, I mean, you are leaps and bounds ahead of us up in Canada, uh, as opposed to where we are here in Los Angeles. We're still very much in lockdown. You know, life is something that is just like a distant dream, it seems like. Um, but yeah. y'all are y- y'all are heading back to set on The Handmaid's Tale in September, I heard. Is that correct? Uh, I believe so. We don't know exact dates, but it's, uh, it's sooner than later, which is uh, really nice and really encouraging. I just think that everyone is being very, very careful, and that's why we don't know exact times yet. Like it's in Canada, they've been taking uh, an exorbitant amount of precautions. And Mm. so once everything gets settled and everyone makes sure that everyone is safe, that's great. There's also a lot of people that will have to come in from many different countries. And Mm -hmm. so that'll be interesting to just navigate on its own because the Canadian border isn't open. So I don't know. I'm going to have to start smuggling people. Totally, girl. Absolutely. Well, f- fingers crossed and blessed be the fruit, honey, baby. Um, you, you were such, you are such a super fan of the show. I can only, I mean, I felt it. I felt how ecstatic you were to be there on set with us. I can only imagine how elated you were when you got the call asking to come join us on the main stage. Tell me about that. You know, I was walking down the street in Yorkville. Yorkville is like a fancy small neighborhood in Toronto and you don't you're not supposed to scream and cause a ruckus <laughs> in Yorkville you're supposed to look bored and slightly hungover and I got the call and I started screaming and leaned up against the wall to brace myself it's like I had just been cast in like my only mar- my first Marvel movie it was this yes. is my Marvel movie okay yes. <laughs> it's so exciting 
Girl, you were such a super queen. It was just, it was so obvious. It was so evident to us how well-versed in the show you were. You were just, it was, it felt, it was so, so nice. I mean, out of all of our guest hosts, we've been very, very lucky to get some, everybody who was, who was excited to be there, but it was, uh, I could tell that you were soaking up every single second of it and weren't taking a moment of it for granted. I hope I that. Was. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank hopefully we you. can get back, get you back up here for maybe a, maybe an acting challenge next season with the Queens. That would be great. Um, I would love it. And I'm not, that's not an invitation. Like, I'm just going to show up. I know where y'all shoot now. So. <laughs> it's a deal. <laughs> okay. Well, let's dive into it, shall we? The queens enter the workroom after Alona's elimination last week. Jimbo doesn't seem to be too hung up about it. Priyanka is feeling relieved after winning her second lip sync. And Lemon is feeling her oats after securing her second maxi challenge win. The three queens to have never been in the bottom at this point are Jimbo, Rita, and Bobo. This competition is getting fierce as hell. The top five are in the motherfucking house, honey. The, que- <laughs> the queens are all counting up their maxi challenge wins, and Bobo is the only one to not have a win yet herself, which is, like, shocking at this point. I know. It's really sad and it's shocking, but truthfully, like Anastasia said, like consistency is everything. Consistency is key, honey. You've not been in the top or the bottom. You are just, you're sailing through a silent assassin. Yeah. And anyone who's ever seen this show, silent is cool for a while. Like, like kick off a few bitches at the beginning and be silent, but you need to start like pulling away from the pack and sort of Mm. silent and safe is, is great. But now we're, we're, we're getting there. So take the training wheels off. Let's go. Yes, absolutely. Well, Mother Rue pops up on the screen in her naughty naughties, and I enter the workroom to let the queens know that it's time to get up to some good old-fashioned puppet play, because why? Everybody Everybody loves loves puppets! (laughs) It's one of my favorite challenges every, every single season. Me too. You know, I find it's better than the reading challenges. Because they can use the puppets and because they can sort of hide behind that, it goes dark real quick. Absolutely. And I like it. Me too. Also, they, you know, they've, they've spent just like a few more weeks together in the workroom. The tensions are that much higher. The competition is that much fiercer. And they just want to get, they just want to come for each other, honey. Yeah, and they did. It was, it was, yeah, it was some creative cattiness. That's, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Um I finally get to say the words I've been dying to say all season. Oh, pit crew. Uh, (laughs) A sexy man wearing some uh, Canadian clad undies comes uh, uh, sashaying into the workroom. And as the winner of last week's maxi challenge, Lemon gets the pleasure of choosing her puppet first. So she chooses Priyanka. Priyanka gets Lemon. Jimbo gets Scarlet Bobo. Bobo gets Rita Bega. And Rita Bega gets Jimbo. Were there, this was, it, I mean, it really is, like I said, one of my favorite challenges of the season. Were there any specific moments that stood out for you in, in this puppet challenge? I, I, I do think uh, I was surprised that Priyanka got as shady. For some reason, I didn't think it would work. And I thought it was just, like fantastic. Like what she did with Lemon, everything was good. And it was, wasn't just like obvious things. It was sort of all of these insidious little side yes. jabs, which I, I enjoyed. Um, and uh, Rita was, was good, was good. I, I thought she could have gone a little further, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought that Lemon is like, so fucking shady it blows my mind because you just don't see it coming 
at all. At no. all. Because she's so sweet and so soft spoken and so and and no, it was the shade was on point. I'm gonna write some of those lines down and use them in my life. Girl, she is a sour citrus, but um Scarlet Bobo is the one who ends up taking her first win in this mini challenge. And I love what I love so much about Bobo's reads was that they were just like real they were just straight up real so like just spilling all of rita's tea letting it be known that uh that she's been wanting to jump up on lemon's bones for the past uh-huh. you know se- several several many weeks i mean it was just too it was too good it was like all of the hottest hottest northern tea being spilled all over that work <laughs> Epic. Well, uh, Bobo wins a trip for two to Cuba, courtesy of Air Canada Vacations. And let's just keep our fingers crossed that we get this COVID situation under control because all these queens keep winning trips and cruises and international vacations. It's like, oh, you poor girls, you poor souls. I know. Well, I chat with the queens about how blessed we are to have the rights and freedoms as LGBTQIA people in Canada. Enter Rainbow Railroad, a Canadian-founded nonprofit charity that helps secure freedom, safety, and residence visa for queer folk who have faced persecution in their own home countries. And this week's Maxi Challenge is a makeover challenge. The queens meet their new drag daughters, our Rainbow Railroad newcomers from all over the world, Jamaica, Uganda, Indonesia, and Syria. Had, had you heard of Rainbow Railroad? Was this, an, was this an organization you were familiar with? You know, you know what? I hadn't heard of Rainbow Railroad, and then I was upset that I hadn't heard of them because the work that they do is extraordinary. I think mm. the idea, I forget what, if it was Jimbo or Bobo who said, this charity is fantastic because they help people immediately. The help is immediate. Mm. It's not like yeah. a, a fundraiser that's maybe going to get food somewhere down the line. You are able to go in and save someone's life immediately, yeah. change someone's life immediately. And so that, to me, it's just the most impactful thing of how quickly someone's life can be changed or saved on a dime. Absolutely. And it's so, I mean, there's a there's a level of urgency that's absolutely necessary when seeking refuge from a country where you're being oppressed for being an LGBTQIA person. I mean, I listed off all of the stats, but the sheer number of countries in this world that we can be persecuted, I think it was 70 mm-hmm. countries we can be persecuted in just for being queer, the number of countries that you can be, uh, like, I was going to say assassinated, murdered just for being yeah. queer. It's shocking. There is a level of urgency. Yeah, it really. Well, I was blown away. But Dennis even saying, "Do you understand that people are are persecuted as individuals, but just the the 125 people that were rounded up just for frequenting an area that yeah. had a, a gay bar, and it's then then they were all arrested. It's yeah. just it's like it's not like nothing is safe. It's it's petrifying." Yeah, it really is. I mean, all of the queens were really feeling the energy of this challenge. Um, mm-hmm. You don't get to you don't get to see a lot of it in the edit, but when I was introducing, um, you know, the the challenge, Rainbow Railroad, letting the queens know who their drag babies were going to be, that the tears were flowing. I mean, that it was a mess in that workroom. The queens were really their whole hearts were in this challenge. It was so exciting. And as the winner of the puppet mini challenge, Scarlet Bobo pairs the queens with their new. Drag drag children and uh she i think she was she was fair she did like i thought that she was she had she had the power so that was this was so telling of bobo's character because this was her first her first challenge win ever and she she could have been a shady vindictive little bitch but she was so thoughtful and kind in the pairing of these babies with the queens 
you could see her go through it as well. Like you could see her make her deliberations. It wasn't just like you, I'm going to F up you. I'm going to like, she was really trying to uh, be realistic in the pairings. I, I thought that was really nice. It was very kind. It was very Canadian. Yeah, absolutely. It was uber Canadian, like she said. <laughs> well, as they all get to know one another, I catch up with the mothers and their drag babies to see how they're feeling so far about keeping it in the family. Uh, Rita and Tari Bega, aka Rainer, are focused and ready to slay the game. This being Rita's seventh child. She is like, she's a legendary drag mother in Montreal. Uh, uh, legendary house mm -hmm. of badass holy moly mm -hmm. seven kids used to become like a heritage heritage land site or something i'm not sure yeah <laughs> a part of our heritage moments with rita baga <laughs> uh, next up we have scarlet bobo and her daughter dennis aka violet bobo and dennis had been working uh with different human rights organizations in his home country of Uganda after finding himself of of need of refuge and the Rainbow Railroad provided him uh, safety in Canada. And it's like you said, just the immediacy of it that he knew that his, yeah. Yeah. From, for, from him, him putting himself in a position of being used for a purpose greater than himself and being of service to the queer community around him, he was put in danger. And the fact that he was so selfless in giving of himself that the karma just came right back to him and he was right. able to to find safety yeah. and immediacy it was so so special uh jimbo is focused on giving eka aka bimbo a positive experience overall as opposed to having it be all about the competition and the win which i really i really loved that intention uh Priyanka and Electra, aka Elton, who is a fan of her drag mother and has watched Pre perform in Toronto a thousand times. So they are feeling they have a definite advantage. How exciting would that be to be, you know, to grow up in Jamaica, a land where homophobia is like is like a violent uh, energy of oppression? And to find a new home and a new life in Canada and to find this person who is a beacon of hope and inspiration for you in the drag community and, you know, have this sense of, um, of escape and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. to be able to step into this loving energy of the queer community and to um, be a super fan of Priyanka and then to step onto the set of Drag Race and have her be your drag mother. What a dream. I know, but I think I'm, see, I subscribe to this stuff so much being, I think it's, I believe so much in destiny and being paired together because I mean, look at what that did for Priyanka then the, mm -hmm. the pairing, like uh, it like really helped Priyanka have confidence and feel good. It's yeah. the first week in, in the workroom where, where I saw that Priyanka just started to be um, excited again yeah. and and that energy and that vivaciousness i felt it come back and i really do think it's that they both were there for each other for i think reasons that are destiny kismet darling it was a yeah. pairing that was kismet I love how I love how hippy dippy woo woo you are, just like me. I knew I loved you, girl. I, I know, isn't it? Lemon and Rabal, aka Lime, are feeling the fantasy and are super confident about this pairing. Um, coming from Syria to Canada, there's such a sense of freedom. Rabal is experiencing being able to live authentically as his fully queer self, and I, I just that's what I love so much about this this episode and getting to um, connect with the queens and their drag babies in the workroom because you could feel it. You could feel that um, not only were they so tremendously grateful to have this opportunity to be on set with us, but they were so open and game to challenging, them, challenging themselves to go beyond the borders of themselves and to explore new sides that they hadn't, they hadn't known existed. It was so, it was just so exciting. 
It really was. And the makeover episodes are always my favorite across the board, hands down my favorite. And mm. uh, because I find that they're more emotional and you do get to see a side, like the real side of a lot of the queens that are my favorites and hear about their stories or their families beyond what you usually do in the show. But then this one was special. Dealing with refugees, dealing with their stories and, and allowing Canadians and audiences to see what they've been through and uh, to hear about this charity. This one, this one was special for me, this makeover episode. Mm, yeah, I agree. And it was, yeah, it was really beautiful to see these queens step into new sides of themselves. And like, like Rue says, drag doesn't change who you are, it reveals who you are. So to have this opportunity, maybe 30 or 40 years into your life for the first time to be able to uh, tap into the femme side of yourself, what a gift, yeah. such a blessing. Well, Cut to the runway rehearsals as the queens give their daughters a crash course in stomping the runway in heels and serve the fishy fantasy to the judges. Now, Amanda, you were looking seriously stressed out while watching these drag babies learn how to walk. What were you thinking? I'm getting, I'm getting hot right now. I'm, I'm hot in Toronto. Oh, my God. Uh, Dennis as Violet Bobo. My good. I've never seen anything like that in my whole life. I... I in my whole life, Jeffrey. Oh my gosh. Um, and <laughs> I just, I didn't know if, it, if anyone was going to be able to make it down that runway. I know. Yeah. 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 I was worried. Watching baby deer walking for the first time. But I, I don't know. I love Dennis in his butch queen first time in drag fantasy. I was there for it, honey. With his gangster lean. I just wasn't mm -hmm. prepared. I'm like, I've never, I thought I was going to bend over backwards, snap in half. I just wasn't prepared for what I, now that I'm ready, I could watch yeah. a whole show like that. I just wasn't prepared. I don't think anybody was prepared, himself included. Well, it is, they better get prepared because it is elimination day and the stress is in the air. Pressure is in abundance, but unfortunately for the queens, time is not. The drag babies are getting tucked and shaved and getting their mugs beat and ready for the runway. Scarlett Bobo once worked as a makeup artist, so she's feeling quite confident with her drag daughter, which is necessary. I mean, I think Priyanka talks about it, but it's like, you know that this is coming your way. You know if you make it to a certain level in the competition that you're going to be doing a makeover challenge. So girl, you better know how to beat somebody else's face. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Just practice on somebody, anybody. Find people on the street. But you know it's coming. It's the first thing that you should be willing to do and hoping that you're going to make it that far. You should know how to do it. How are you at doing other people's makeup? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Listen, I have, uh, well, you and I have like close enough skin tones, but I have, yeah. I will either go too dark or too light and see for me, makeup more is more is more. Like I like yeah. eyelashes on my eyelashes on my lashes. Drag, drag. Drag on a mm -hmm. Tuesday. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, uh, no, I, I can't, I can't, I can't really help anybody else because I'll just end up gluing their eyes shut and yeah, it's not good. Well, we all have our strengths. I had a feeling that Bobo would have had some tricks up her sleeve because as a white girl, you choosing that gorgeous ass, mm -hmm. just just rich and delicious dark skin fantasy in mm -hmm. violet. When you choose that skin tone for your for your makeover challenge, you know that you've got some makeup skills. I was blown away by what what by what Bobo did with this beat. Blown away. Blown away. Blown away. I've seen people with the, with that skin tone of their own not being able to paint their own face. But going right. as, as fair as Bobo is and then being able to do that, that's skill. Magic. 
Magic, yeah. honey. Magic. Well, we get some international queer history while the queens are getting ready. Rainier and his husband, Eka, share their story of having to flee Indonesia after public and police raids on the queer community in 2016. In 2016? I know. I, I, like, I, I had to rewatch that thinking... Did I just hear that correctly? 2016 and public and police raids are still being enacted on queer people? You're, you're, you had to move four times and you're sneaking down the fire escape? Yeah. In 2016? This is four years ago. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's appalling to hear about. It really is. Uh, and that's not, that's not the end of it. Dennis speaks about facing police brutality in Uganda, um, about, about how being stalked and attacked by homophobic civilians is much more dangerous due to fearing, fear of going missing and no one being held accountable. So the fact that he would prefer police brutality as opposed to just like being left to the whims of, of homophobic civilians says so much. Terrifying. Yes. yes. Well, Dennis still has hope that somehow he will be able to change the hearts and minds of his fellow Ugandans in hopes of achieving true freedom and equality for all in his homeland. And we as queer people in Canada just have so, we, we, I, I, I don't even know how to say it. We just, we're just so, it's like the level of, of freedom, rights, equality that we have. It's so, it's something that we can take for granted because it's like the air we breathe, even though it's something yeah. that our ancestors had to strive hard for and sacrifice for, for decades and centuries. The fact that we have it now, I think that it's, this is this episode and the stories that each of these uh, drag babies shared is just the perfect reminder that we cannot take our rights and freedoms for granted for a second because they can be taken away from us just as easily and quickly as they can for yeah. all of these drag babies in their home countries, you know? Yeah, particularly now this episode is airing because as as we've seen in the last few months, the world has sort of blown up and everyone on a global scale is reviewing what equality means across the board for mm -hmm. a, a lot of different uh, people and colors and, and genders and uh, uh, sexual preferences. And it's just, uh, I think it's really timely. I think it's it'll like... It would be a light bulb moment for a lot of Canadians to realize how lucky we are across the board, but particularly mm. people who identify as queer in Canada. Are you kidding me? It's like night and day from most of the other parts of the world. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, with all of the downfalls of COVID, one of the benefits that uh, that I can see in this is there's hopefully there's going to be uh, an abundance of people who are sitting at home and are going to be exposed to this episode and to learn about Rainbow Railroad. It, it, they may not have been able to ever hear about this organization um, if the world was just carrying on as normal. So to bring awareness to this foundation in hopes that that it'll bring on uh, an abundance of new uh, energetic love and support. Yeah. Yeah. Completely yeah. agree. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we hit the main stage where the fabulous and funky Amanda Bruegel dances down the runway in the best extra special guest host entrance of the season. Maybe in Drag Race history. Girl, what the fuck? You, I was asked... Girl, you were everything. I was asked in interviews what my favorite moment of the season was. And I was like, well, you, you saw it in the preview with Amanda Bruegel dancing down the runway. It was everything. Everything. You're making me cry. Uh, was, <laughs> I don't know what happened. I just watched it back now because I lived it. I understand what happened. But I just <laughs> That girl out there, it, you can see my, my years and years and years of watching Drag Race and just yes. watching all of the different offshoots and incarnations of Drag Race. And it just, I was possessed by the ghosts of Drag Race 
raises passed and they all came into me and I slid it out. Yes, girl, you put that with that with that ponytail whip, honey. That was everything <laughs> and then some. You were just having you were having so much fun and you looked so fucking cool while you were doing it. Oh, Damn, thank girl. You. Absolutely. Um, do you have the 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 main stage runway looks in front of you? I do. I do. All right. So, first up, serving West Indian Carnival gorgeousness, we have Priyanka and Electra. I want to hear everything you're thinking about this look. I the details now that I'm now that I'm able to like really focus in on it and and sort of pick it apart because it was it was a whirlwind. But the details, the the um, nail polish is the same shade. Those ostrich feathers, girl, I want to stuff them my pillows with them or just wear them as my Canadian winter jacket, just the headpieces, mm. everything. It's just, it was spectacular. I loved these looks so, so much. Not only did Pre did a phenomenal job in jazzing up these bodysuits and making them something that is, you know, like candy for the eye. Um, her, her beat that, or the, the mug that she beat on her sister is just so, so beautiful. They really brought visually they brought the uh, drag sister vibe and then energetically you could so tell that Priyanka had taken the time to go over every beat with Electra of like connecting with the yeah. judges and having that presence and that energy she took essentially I feel like Priyanka took all of our critiques over the past several many weeks and helped infuse them directly into her drag daughter to make this challenge as spectacular as it was for her yes completely loving it yeah. And was able to tap into the comedy portion. I know she was a bit concerned about that, but was able to make it um, fun and light. And you can see that she has a great sense of humor. Both of them actually have a great sense of humor. Yeah, definitely. Next up, we have Scarlet and Violet Bobo serving Punk Rock Princess. What do we think of these sissies? Now, in the workroom, I was so relieved and so happy that you brought up the bodysuit because I cannot do a bodysuit. I can't. Mm-hmm. I won't. I don't. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I mean, from the neck up, I was in love with the looks. Again, the uh, Dennis's makeup is flawless. Um, yeah. Was just a little confused about the bodysuit, leather fringe, uh, the the boots and the heel combo that was different. Um, uh, but overall, it was their charm on the runway that sold me. The look, mm. uh, it could have not been in the, the body suit and I would have been happier. Yeah, girl, you know, I think obviously <laughs> when you're going into a makeover challenge like this, you don't know the body type of the person who you're going to be giving a makeover to. So I understand the logistics and why you would your a bodysuit would be a go-to because it's very form-fitting, you know, it can fit like larger bodies and smaller bodies and everything in between. But if you're going to make that choice, I think you just have to commit to it and do more so what Priyanka did and like really embellish the hell out of it. So we take it takes our focus off of the fact that it's a bodysuit. Exactly. It, I felt like you were so committed to the bodysuit and screw the rules and let's do this. But then you threw a huge jacket, a fringe jacket over it. And yeah. now I can't see a bodysuit. Are you figure skating? I'm not sure. Uh, so, yes, agreed. The thing that did take my attention off the bodysuit was, like we said, this makeup. This makeup is everything oh. on both of them. And then Violet's energy. She, the, she was the star for us, honey. She was our star. The star. The star. Yeah. I, like I said on the in the show, that walk, that walk will stay with me for the rest of my life. In, in <laughs> rehearsal, but also on the runway. Yeah. Come on. She graduated to a, a beautiful, floating, 
swans, kind of. Yeah. Just was, yeah. it was, it was fantastic. <laughs> she should be so proud of herself. Well, next up, serving citrus sister fantasy, we have lemon and lime. What do we think, Amanda? You know, I when they first came out, I first saw them under the lights. I really loved it. I, I thought it was cute. I wasn't able to really see lime until uh, she crossed in front of me. And then I was confused as to the, who the 85-year-old woman was. Um, just... <laughs> No, just let me finish. It, no, that's it, real. It got a little. <laughs> yeah. It got a little dated for me real quick. I if this had been a different challenge, if this had been like I don't know, um, fantastic flappers or something, I understand. It just it was the overall look was a bit dated. The colors were off. I I just um no, I didn't. I did not. This wasn't one of my favorites. It was really disappointing for several reasons, but mostly for me. I mean, like you said, the fact that, I mean, like I said, I said several many times on on the main stage, she just, I saw Rabal the day before in the main, in the workroom. And Rabal was like this, like young, uh, bright, you know, uh, just ball of light. And although he also had a, a beard when I met him, uh, it doesn't, it, I don't think that's, any excuse for making him look like your mother as opposed to your daughter. And I know that Lemon came for me in her talking head interview and said that, uh, you know, that, uh, that it was, there was a challenge because that, you know, this, this queen had a, had a beard before, before this, this makeover. But I don't know. I just, I understand that it's like a twenties flapper look. So the makeup has to have a certain aesthetic to it, but just doing doing just little things like contouring the cheeks and Mm -hmm. giving her a little bit more shape and depth would have made a world of difference in just like lightening, lightening lime up. A a world of difference. And also, if I'm not mistaken, there have been other makeup colors invented since the, you know, thirties and forties. So we could add a little Mm -hmm. flash more color, just something to make it a little more useful because I, the, Mm -hmm. the, it was a difficult transformation, yes, but the transformation didn't necessarily have to go from, you know, young to old. That's not what this challenge was about, I thought. Definitely. And I, you know, it, it was, it was just, I think it was, a lot of it was just really disappointing for, for me to see uh, Lime like this because, she, you know, it was, she did a phenomenal job. I think she did a fantastic job. She was so excited to be there and just brought such beautiful light yeah. out onto the runway. And none of these critiques are against her. She didn't do a damn thing wrong. It was just a shame that, uh, but I don't know. It was it, it was it was very interesting because it, fe- it felt like Lemon didn't put as much attention or effort into uh, Lime's makeup, but she was so hyper concerned about her performance on the main stage. Mm-hmm. It was like her and it's like her her focus mm-hmm. was was ill directed. Is what it felt like. It also felt to me like Lemon thought this will look cute on me, and mm. uh, let me find a way to make it work on someone else. As opposed to you said in the workroom, show yourself tell your story, tell the story of both of you, who you are. I felt it was mm. more like, I don't look cute in this. So you're going to look cute in this. Fine. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out later. I think you just hit the nail on the head. You're absolutely right. Um, next up, serving tears of a fierce campy clown, we have Rita and Tari Baga. What do we think of this look? Um, I, you know, I, I, I actually disagree with what Stacey said. I, I did like the little nose 
putting on the nose. At the beginning, I thought it was really campy and cute, and that's Rita's thing. And when the costumes came out, I was so excited because I, I was anticipating this huge reveal where they were going to whip it off and there were going to be sequins or something fabulous underneath. And then the reveal revealed nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I just was a little underwhelmed. I thought it was a great idea at the beginning. was so excited where Rita and Tari Bego were going to take it. And then it sort of just flatlined for me. Yeah. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt in the situation, thinking that maybe part of the costume or performance is lost in translation. Maybe it, it seems like very simple, elegant French clown. I feel like that's what she was going for, but that's a good point. You know, I, it's, I mean, it is a good point, but you also know that at this point in the game, understated is not going to get you very far. And it is about splitting hairs at this point. You know, each of these queens are so fucking talented at what they do and they mm-hmm. bring it each and every time. So one little slip up and it's gonna, it's not gonna work in your favor. Yeah. I did like the makeup. I will give them that. I did, I did think that, 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 uh, Rita did a fantastic job with, uh, with Tari's eye makeup. I thought it was, um, it was just, it was more, it, I, I think where she went wrong is that she made Tari uh, much more fun and vibrant than she made herself. Yes. She almost did the, the opposite thing that Lemon did. She put more focus on Tari than she did on herself. And it has to be like equal balanced, uh, you yes. know, family vibes. You know? Yeah. Well, next up, last but certainly not least serving the slutty Handmaid's Tale couture. We have Jimbo and Bimbo in your favorite costume of the century perhaps has jimbo followed through has jimbo followed through and sent you your size six in this look you know i'm gonna call jimbo out he has not and (laughs) there have been a few occasions specifically during isolation where i could have used this to sort of spice up my life so now jimbo owes me two costumes Um, (laughs) almost lost the relationship because of him but no i'm kidding I, uh, I I loved this. I thought this was so fun. Um, I loved it. To me, it's like a, a Britney Spears Little Red, Little Red Riding Hood. And I, I thought that uh, Jimbo did a, a fantastic job. Eka just really wanted to feel sexy. And I feel like Jimbo listened to his partner and he listened mm. and, and try, tried to bring in ideas with both of them. That's the thing that I got out of this is that they, they both were really on board and both were having fun. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, the Queens untuck in the workroom and Rita is pretty certain based on our critiques that she's going to be in the bottom, this the bottom two this week for the first time. And she is fully, prepared to lip sync for her life lemon thinks that she'll be joining rita baga in the bottom two or scarlet bobo who is she's feeling the leather fringe fantasy and is not so sure of her citrus sissy's assessment but i thought that was funny how lemon just kind of like threw you know the 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 dark energy of her critiques over to bobo she's like i don't want this here you go hot potato and, and Bobo was trying to dodge it. And Bobo was like, I'm not having your hot potato. I'm fine over here with my body suit, mm-hmm. my friends. I know what I did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, back on the main stage, we announce the winner of this week's challenge. And Priyanka is back, baby. The DNA tests are a match, and she's a winner, honey. She won <laughs> a life-changing prize. A donation of $10,000 has been made in Priyanka's name to Rainbow Railroad, which is enough to provide travel and refuge for one LGBTQIA plus person to find safety and a new life in Canada. What? Mm-hmm. I know. 
this is the prize of the season for me. It's, I was about to say, it's, it's the, my favorite prize between all of the shows. And I love that Priyanka said, are you kidding me? My drag just saved a life. I, I got really emotional. Like that, just to put those together, that that performance will save someone's life. It's just, I think, I feel like that's what Drag Race is all about, is saving lives. And so I just, just to see someone else have the chance to do that and what it feels like to be able to do that was really cool. It was really emotional. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in the bottom two this week, we find Lemon and Rita Baga lip syncing for their lives to the iconic anthem by Canadian rock goddess Alanis Morissette, You Oughta Know. This was the first split screen lip sync of the season. What did you, What were you feeling? What were you feeling while watching these queens battle it out? First of all, they were both my favorites just when, from when I spotted them for some reason. I just thought I could see potential in both of them. And because I hadn't met them before, they were I was vetting for both of them. So to have them end up in the bottom, I was like, no. But mm-hmm. um, it started out, my eyes went directly to Lemon, Lemon dancing and Lemon's beautiful and charismatic and had great energy. But then suddenly within, I, th- I think, the first maybe five lines it, I, it just shifted to Rita and stayed on Rita at Rita the whole time Rita was so emotional and I think I said this to you in the workroom I felt like I, I relearned the words of that song just through her lip sync like it was just I was like oh I didn't know that's what she meant when she said that and it was just she yes. was so emotional the character was so committed she was so committed to the um just the message of the song and from there on I was sold but I was torn but I was sold I I couldn't have said it any better. I was sold and I was torn and I was sold. It was so heartbreaking. It's moments like this where you just want to say, fuck the rules and do a double Shantae, you stay. But that's not always the way that we can play the game, unfortunately. I think it was just, um, it was so, uh, I think Priyanka, I think it was Priyanka who said it, that it was, and to reiterate what you just said, Rita was just so focused on the energy and the essence of the song. She really brought that. And for me, it was um, not, you know, not to, not to call out ages, but I think it was just very evident the age difference between the two of them. Rita was clearly somebody who grew up with that song and who knew the essence and the tone of it and, you know, could really tap into that, like, that like 90s grungy rock feel Lannis Morissette with like you know dirty greasy hair swinging over her face like yeah fucking yeah. pissed that Uncle Joey from Full House cheated on her you know that's who that song's about did you know that you are lying to me no, it's about not. Dave it's about Dave Coulier from no, Full House Uncle Joey yes it is girl yes she dated it is it is Believe it or not, how hilarious! I mean, is Uncle that? Joey must be bringing stuff that I don't know about because if that that genius <laughs> came from anything that Uncle Joey is carrying around, <laughs> no. I gotta find Uncle Joey. See what he's saying. Uh, oh no! Oh god! I, thought, but, that up I, I know. Point being that Rita really—I mean, she clearly was somebody who was who was very, very familiar with the song, and it just felt like Lemon's take, as valid as it was, was that of, as of somebody from a younger generation who mm-hmm. had maybe only heard the song for a couple of times over the past couple of years. You know, yeah. she 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 was fantastic. They both were. It's heartbreaking when it gets to this point in the season because it is splitting hairs and like i said you were so torn i don't think a lot of people realize how invested you get and and again being a super fan watching how torn all of you were trying to make this decision it wasn't an easy decision for you guys you were really really 
deliberating because you know the stakes, you know what it takes. And so I know that you were, I, I saw how, how torn you were. Yeah. Thanks, honey. It was, yeah, it was certainly, it wasn't easy because we fall in, we fall in love with these queens and we don't, we don't get the full picture. We literally only get what we see when we are there in the room with the queens, walking them through challenges in the workroom or, you know, deliberating and critiquing them on the main stage. That's it. We have no reference for anything else that takes place, you know, behind the scenes, what they're going through, what they're experiencing. Um, it's hard. It's, it's it, judging the show is not an easy an easy gig um you know but i i love i loved the editing this episode i loved that they that they showed the split screen between uh rita and lemon because each each of them were so strong in their own ways but i feel like that was the perfect way to uh to leave it up to to present it to the audience in a way that it was hard it was hard to debate it was hard to exactly. debate one you yeah. know yeah, yeah, I do. I think it was brilliant because the going back and forth doesn't show how how differently they translated the song, like how yeah. differently they performed it. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, are there are there are there any highlights moments of the of this episode of the season that are standing out to you that you want to that you want to touch on? You know, again, it was just getting to know uh, uh, some of the the refugees and the fact that they got to live out uh, uh, a fantasy or or have an experience that they are safe and comfortable and free. Again, I think this is my favorite makeover episode out of the entire series ever. Mm. Um, and also, finally, just working with you and Stacey in Brooklyn was one of the highlights of, of my career. You guys were so kind and so welcoming. It's so scary to do. And I just, I was, it was really a lovely experience. So thank you. Oh, you're giving me chills right now, honey. It was such a thank you. It was such a joy, an honor, a pleasure, a blessing having you join us, bringing all of your energy and your excitement. You were so fucking good. It was like, it was like eerie. It was creepy. Like, bitch, how did this bitch get so, how did you get so, it's like you've been doing this your whole damn life. You were so at ease. You were so, I just, I just know that we were so in love with you rewatching it. We, I fell in love with you all over again and all of the fans and viewers are going to be feeling the same way. You were mwah, perfection. You're welcome Aww. to come back anytime, any, Thank anytime. You. Thank you. I will. I told you that I'm already going to come back and have that. I can't wait. Well, all right, kids, that's it for this portion of the pod. Thank you to my extra special guest, Amanda Bruegel for joining me this week. You're welcome. Thank you, honey. Love you, honey. Stay tuned and untucked, and I'll be right back with this week's Eliminated Queen coming up next. Hey, squirrel friends, it's JBC. Be sure to catch an all-new episode of Canada's Drag Race every Thursday night on the WOW Presents Plus app. Subscribe for only $3.99 a month for all the extra hot northern tea you can handle. Start your free trial now. Hey, kitty girls, I'm here with the one and only Lemon. Hey, Lemon, how's your head? Hi, Jeffrey. Uh, it's better than anyone else's. <laughs> You've been planning that one. <laughs> maybe, so, maybe. How are you, honey? Uh, doing so good. Very happy. Yeah? Yes. Yeah, where are, where are you in the world? I am, so I've been living with my parents back mm -hmm. in the family home. I'm loving it so much. It's really nice to be home with family. But right now I'm at my old dance studio teaching some classes. Oh, incredible. Okay, you're teaching classes. So I'm going to take a wild guess and say that you're in Canada, not New York. Canada. Yes, Canada. Toronto. Oh, amazing. How is it being back home? It's so nice. I moved to New York on my 19th birthday. 
Mm -hmm. So it's like really nice to just be home and like not have the stress of like rent and not being with my family. And obviously there's so much going on in the world that it's really Mm -hmm. nice to have my parents and my brother and our dog like home every night together. It's really nice. Did you leave New York at the beginning of the pandemic and come back to Canada? Actually, I was on a student visa. So my student visa was ending anyways. So it was kind of like everyone was telling me to, oh, renew your visa, get your stuff. And I just had this strange feeling that I didn't need to. I was like, no, something's going to happen. Something's going to be fine. And I'm not going to have to get my visa. And literally Canada's Drag Race just was announced. And I was like, that's what's going to (laughs) happen. That's that's so hilarious. Yeah, I like to believe I manifested it. <laughs> you did. You're a witch. You're, <laughs> you're, you're, a, you're a good witch. Oh, um, I'm a bad bitch, though, too. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, I think we saw that from head to toe, inside <laughs> and out throughout the course of this season. You are one sassy little citrus sissy, honey. Um, tell, break, break down for me, like, what is what are the logistics of teaching a dance class at this point in Toronto? Like, what does it look like? Are, they, are the kids in different pods or is it totally normal? It's like potty. There's like tape lines on the floor and you have to stay within your little box and, you know, Mm. masks to enter. It's very safe. It's very, you know, I'm lucky that the studio I went to has like that security in place and they're like all feeling good about it. And Mm. yeah, it's very normal and also very weird at the same time. Are y'all wearing masks when you walk down the street? Are you maskless? Um, I believe in Toronto, you don't have to wear, wear a mask like in public but you have to wear them indoors and usually i would say like if you don't if you don't have a reason not to be wearing one like just wear one right well the reason why i'm asking is because this far into the season you as the rest of so many of your sisters from drag race are household names are you being recognized everywhere you go what's this what's this experience been like (laughs) yes i am it's very funny it's very sweet i find it very endearing because i i mean obviously i'm just like a person like i don't feel (laughs) i don't feel any different but now all of a sudden i go to the mall and i'm getting my starbucks and i'm lemon you know it's it's very nice and it's very i appreciate that so much and it's it's nice to know that like the season and the girls have like changed a lot of people's Yes. Lives, you know. Yes, yes. I think I, th- I think I think you just put it perfectly that you are just a person. We are all just people. I hope that that's something yeah. that you can. I hope that's something that you can remember and really hold on to. I was just having a conversation uh, last week on my other podcast with Alicia Cuthbert, and we were mm-hmm. talking about um, you know losing friends to fame when you hit that certain level, where all of a sudden you're super recognizable and your feet are no longer on the ground. I think it's so so important to find. Um, sustained success and a self uh, a, a, a sense of personal fulfillment the only way that can be achieved I think is like remaining humble and remaining grounded you know I'm glad you still got that I definitely think so I, I mean honestly I have a Scottish mother and she would never let me get <laughs> a big head no matter what so I couldn't even try amazing yeah thanks mama uh, how how's the response been from your family watching the show Oh my God, everyone in my family is absolutely loving it. It's so, uh, even my extended family is all Team Lemon. They're watching every week and loving it so much. And <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy. You know, you think, I don't know, it feels like coming out in a way. Like it feels like mm. this like big thing. You have to tell everyone, oh, I'm a drag queen now, like blah, blah, blah. And there's like so many questions with, that come with that. But mm-hmm. honestly, it was it was very easy, I think. 
honestly a good way to be like, oh, I'm a drag queen is to be like, I'm on Drag Race. So did, did a lot of your family not know that you've been doing drag? How long have you been doing drag for? Um, I've only been doing drag for a year and a half before Bitch. the show came up. Bitch. Yeah. Excuse, excuse me. So were, does that make you the babiest baby queen on the show? I thought I thought Priyanka and Kiara. I think I was, yeah, I think I was the least experienced, but not oh. the youngest. <laughs> wow. That blows my mind, girl. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, that's so fantastic. Yeah. So I never had like posted on like, you know, my public Facebook or my public Instagram that, oh yeah, I've started doing drag. I just never... It never came up, I guess. And so I had my own separate drag account and I was kind of just sharing it to that. And it just kind of grew and grew. And Oh, wow. Yeah. I just love it so much. It's like so easy to do. You know what I mean? Like when you love what you do, it's just fun to do it. And I mean, it's so evident in, you know, in everything that you do. It's, it feels like you were born for it. How did it start for you? How did you, how and why did you start doing drag? Um... Well, to be honest, I couldn't afford to pay my rent for a few months in a row. And I was working as a dancer. I was an apprentice with the Contemporary Ballet Company in New York. And we were working all the time, every single day. And literally, I was getting paid like peanuts and Mm -hmm. exposure, um, Mm -hmm. which I think a lot of artists go through. A lot of artists can relate to that for sure. The kids aren't going to get to see the sarcastic quotation marks you did with exposure. That's like, <laughs> it's like the, the, the shittiest form of payment for every artist on the planet. Just exactly. FYI. I'm like, I yeah. have plenty of exposure, but thank you so much. But yeah, yeah. So I was really down because I was doing what I loved. So it felt and getting paid garbage. And I was like, mm. I think I'm worth more than this. Like, uh, so I saw a drag competition and the prize was $500 and I was like, oh, I could really use that money. And in my brain, I was like, oh, drag will be so easy for me. I won't even have to work hard. I'll go in and win $500 and go home and cash the check. No problem. So that wasn't exactly how things played out. Um, I did the competition. Obviously I did not win. And it just gave me this like, you know, feeling of like oh now I have to win like now I have to do it again Mm. and so I can say like oh I did a drag competition and I won it so yeah I don't know I think I'm just such a competitive dancer like I couldn't not get into it once I started did you have a community of queens that that you knew in New York or were you a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race yeah Jan from season 12 was my roommate (gasps) no way yeah so (gasps) we lived together we've shared a wall she paid my rent when I couldn't afford it (laughs) oh wow yeah she's a sister like truly truly the word sister applies to Jan she has done so much for me and has helped me so so much and she's like a big Mm. reason to why I started it she was just like Mm. You know, I think drag kind of gets this bad rep of people who aren't successful in musical theater or aren't successful in dance, like do drag because it's like the thing they can be successful in. Mm. And I kind of, I had heard this a lot and I had been told this a lot. So that's kind of what I thought drag was. Mm. And then I saw people like Jan and Jasmine Rice LaBeja and Britta Filter and Rosé mm-hmm. Laguna Blue, these incredible New York performers Chiquita Hall, like these incredible just New York legends who really are like the most talented artists I know. Mm -hmm. And I kind of thought like, I want to be able to like control the show. I want to pick my costume and my song and the choreography. And I want to pick the hair I'm wearing and the jewelry. And like, I don't want anyone to say like, oh, well, tonight's dance is this. Mm. I always had questions of like, well, why? 
what does it mean? What is it, you know, what's the intention? And some choreographers just couldn't answer that. And then I'd be like, well, why are we doing it then? (laughs) You were born to be your own boss, honey. Oh, seriously. The Virgo in me won't shut up. Oh, you're a Virgo. That makes sense. That (laughs) that That makes perfect sense. What are you? September what? September 1st. Oh, you're Number a baby. One, baby. <laughs> God, Levin, you're so ridiculous. I love it. I um, what was what was your relationship with um, RuPaul's Drag Race like prior to auditioning for Canada's Drag Race? Had you ever auditioned for RuPaul's Drag Race or were you just a viewer? No, I had never auditioned, but I was a huge fan. Honestly, mm. it, it was, I think like Drag Race has that potential where you walk into a room full of gays and like the first thing you say is like, RuPaul's Drag Race and everyone now is like best friends we have so much to talk about we have all these shared experiences and like Drag Race really does I think bring together like queer community in that way because it's such a you know a queer show by queer people for queer Mm. people like it's just gay you know what I mean it's Mm. just that Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so I loved it endlessly and I always loved the drag performers on it and now I get to be one it's crazy Mm, well, let's get into it and talk about your <laughs> your drag race journey. Let's how was your how was your experience on the show? Now that you have a little bit of distance from it, I had the best time ever. I really yeah. did. I had yeah. so 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 much fun. I mm. honestly like the girls are so talented. Mm-hmm. Like all eleven of my sisters are fucking unbelievable. Yeah. So like just to even you know be in a room with all of them like getting to play and like have fun like that's enough I think for me to have had like the best experience ever it was like drag queen summer camp Ah, are there any specific moments that stand out for you that were super impactful for you um honestly I know that I went home but this makeover episode was so touching it was just so like powerful and it was such a you know slap in the real world face of like Yes. Of like what's actually going on in the world and what our yes. queer family is going through around the world. And mm-hmm. yeah, like, I, I mean, I grew up in this little bubble and was, you know, very, very well taken care of. And I, as much as I appreciate that, I'm so thankful for that. Sometimes mm-hmm. you don't really get the outside perspective. And yeah, that episode was just such like a, it was that, it was outside perspective and just made me feel like, Oh, like what I do actually matters a lot more than making drunk people laugh. Not that that's a bad thing. Love making drunk people laugh, but no, no, it, no, it's not a bad thing. But no matter who the winner of this week's challenge was, I mean, like Priyanka said, it, her drag ended up saving someone's life by giving them a ten thousand dollar donation to Rainbow Road. I mean, it's it's massive. This episode is such an edutainment and like you said, <laughs> drag drag, ra- drag race does bring queer communities together, but hopefully, it does bring families together as well something that i was so touched by earlier on Mm -hmm. in the season is when when you were sharing the experience of or the dynamic between your family and how supportive they are of you that they're they they refer to themselves as five (laughs) five alive was that was that a journey for you getting to that place of just like unconditional love and acceptance around your queerness i mean definitely not unconditional love like that has always been obviously such a big part my family is really i I thank my lucky stars every single day. I literally could not have asked for a better family. My brother, my dad, my mom, like they are all so, so, so supportive and so there for me. And so, you know, they always have my back. They love how outrageous I am. They love how silly I am. They love that, you know, they love, they love me for me. So 
So that was always super, you know, I always knew that I had that, but drag was just a little different. I think, you know, a lot of people don't know really what drag is and what it comes from and what it means. So mm-hmm. when I told my family like, oh yeah, like I think I'm going to quit my company job that I've been working for 20 years to be a part of, I think I'm going to quit that and dress up like a lady and make dollars at a bar. Like mm-hmm. I think my family was a little like, oh, you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, my mom came to see a show and she you know, started with her arms crossed. And by the end of the night was like screaming and wagging her finger. So, you know, really just like, she got it. Like, but, but I think drag is that kind of thing. You really do have to experience the magic, like go see your local performers and go like in involve yourself in a night with like the queer artists of your like hometown. Yeah. will really feel like what drag means to people. It's so much bigger than just like, you know, stupidity. Don't you, don't you love having that opportunity to expand someone's consciousness when it comes to drag culture specifically, but queer culture in general? I mean, Brooklyn, Brooklyn and I have talked about that, about um, her, her mom coming to see her drag performance for the first time and how very similar, had like a very closed off energy at the beginning. And then before you know it, you're just completely open. Your heart is open. You're feeling the love. My mom, the first time that she came with me to RuPaul's Drag Con, it was the same thing. It's just such a, it's just such a beautiful representation of our community and showing how loving and accepting it is. And that's not always the, you know, in person, that's the experience that you have. That's not always necessarily the, the energy, the vibe or the um, impression that people get of the queer community. So much of it is just focused on like the cattiness, the bitchiness the yeah. uh, uh, online coming for each other like that whole energy yeah. it's so, it's so nice to show the depths of it yeah and I, honestly the cattiness is fun too girl don't get me wrong but what i'm saying is <laughs> like there is so much love between like drag performers i think like drag drag is just that like it's magic it yeah there's no other way to describe it there's nothing like it it's like the mother of all arts in a way like yeah yeah visual arts it's performing arts it's like there's everything you can imagine like drag queens are the most uh talented uh multifaceted and uh under how do i even say this uh (laughs) underestimated orders artists or performers in the game i think so for sure and i think that's changing i think that's definitely changing Uh, as as drag becomes more mainstream it's becoming more of a fad and people are really seeing you know what what it is but yeah yeah it's you know it's not unfortunately it's not something you learn about in fourth grade arts class you know well maybe it will be maybe it's time to like re-educate the children (laughs) um as, as Aside from Tainomi Banks, who you used to uh, backup dance for, were you familiar with any of your other sisters from the from season one upon walking into the workroom? Nobody. I had Nobody. no idea who was going to be there. I had never met any of them. I had never seen any of them perform. Um, it was like complete, like, guess. Walking in the room, wow. I was like, oh, hi. <laughs> like a bunch of people I've never heard of and who have never heard of me, but like, <laughs> let's become besties, you know? 
Um, this being your first exposure to, uh, you know, your Canadian drag sisters, not necessarily Canadian drag culture, but having come from New York, what do you think the most uh, obvious or apparent differences that you can see and feel between Canadian drag culture compared to American drag culture? Um, you know, the thing is, like, drag is very much, like, the same in a way, because drag is just, like an individual's expression of like mm. their innermost fantasy, I would say mm. not even femininity because you know, not all drag is like feminine presenting, but I think just drag is like the, the, the drag is your sleep paralysis demon coming out from inside. <laughs> of you. Like it is the thing you see at night that you like want to like party with, <laughs> you know? So I think like, there's differences obviously in the culture of like what, performers do and and what bars are expecting from you and and those types of things but but the the truth is like drag just is like heart like you know and Mm. and new york drag queens and toronto drag queens and vancouver drag queens and nunavut Mm. drag queens like are all (laughs) you know they're all just like queer people with big hearts that need more expression than they can get out Mm, kindred spirits yeah like i think it's you know it's all just fun. <laughs> yeah. What was what was the the fantasy or the vision that you held for yourself um, coming coming on set with us for the first season? Um. Honestly, my dreams were the most important things to me were I wanted to win at least one lip sync, which yeah. lucky me. <laughs> yeah. Week one happened straight out straight out the gate, <laughs> and I really wanted to win a challenge, which again, lucky for me, week two happened uh and then honestly from after week two i just was like okay now i can just like have the fucking time of my life make long-lasting friendships and like be a slut on tv you know yes yes yeah. were, were were you as blown away by yourself as i was consistently blown away by you with your acting abilities I, you yeah. you you blew my fucking mind. I mean, I could not believe it's like it's like you're channeling something when you improv. It's like something completely I takes over you. I don't know where it comes from. The JoJo it's incredible asking me to do JoJo Siwa, and I don't I don't know how I don't know who she, like I don't know how it happened. Like it just that day JoJo Siwa was inside of me. Maybe yeah. it was the three Red Bulls I drank right before the performance. <laughs> you know, just taken over my heart and soul and I had just become her like I don't I I don't know how it happened I just honestly I think it's like the comp dancer in me is so used yeah. to being put like under pressure and like faking it till I make it mm-hmm. that I just was like okay there's cameras on baby like no time to play <laughs> and I just went for it you know I it like it it blows my mind, Lemon. Everything from the Heritage Moment Challenge, which you slayed and won, to Jojo Siwa, which just makes me drool every time I think about that performance. It was <laughs> extraordinary. That is how you do Snatch Game. It was to the pageant performance, where not only were you a completely different person in this performance, but then also on the runway, on the main stage, you brought out a different. I mean, obviously, you were playing like a five-year-old John Benesha Blamsey, but you, when, <laughs> when 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 you stepped into, I mean, Lemon is is obviously very effervescent and very interesting to watch but when you step into character it's like you completely embody the essence of whoever it is that you are playing it's magic lemon it's fucking magic i don't know where it comes from i honestly i think it's just like i don't care 
if I look like ugly for a second mm. or stupid for a second or mm-hmm. weird for a second, because I know, you know, and this isn't because I think I'm stunning, but I know that mm-hmm. I'm beautiful. Do you know what I mean? And I think we totally. should all, I think we should all know that we are all beautiful Yeah, and know that like, you should be allowed to get a little messy now and then and make yourself look like a fool. Because I think that's what, you know, gets you in your head is like the, it's not like, can I do it? It's like, can these people watch me do it? Yes. You know, it's, I think we all have this pressure on us from like, honestly, high school bullying days where like you say a sentence out of place and you get made fun of. I think a lot of queer people understand that. And so Uh I think some queens like get into their head just based on the fear of like what people are going to say or people are going to think, but I, I honestly don't give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? So I, I I do know what you mean, but I can also see that so much of what you're talking about right now about like the trauma that we endure as um as queer people in our high school days and being bullied. It, as much as we can have an understanding and a level of empathy, I think that we are also also traumatized that it turns into us coming out and lashing out at each other at different moments as well, which is 100%. something. It needs to be examined. It needs to be examined and healed because it is like out of control and we it is in- insane. <laughs> we all need a shit ton of therapy, honey, baby, sugar <laughs> child. We sure do, babe. Um, who else Who else did you have? Maybe you didn't have another choice for Snatch Game because I remember you only presenting me with JoJo oh, no. Siwa. I JoJo believe. was not my first choice. Who was your other choice? Did you show me someone else as well? I was fully prepared to be Gigi Gorgeous. That's right. That's I was a hundred percent. The only plan I had was to be Gigi. Yeah. Because like I am obsessed with Gigi. Hey Gigi, if you're listening to this, love you girl. Yes. Yes. She's a friend. We tried to get her up on the panel. She was actually supposed to be there for, I think it was episode, I think it was this episode. I think it was episode eight and uh, things go. My mind. She'll, she'll be with us next season for sure. Well, we're going to be besties one day. I can feel it. But <laughs> I was fully prepared for Gigi. I was like, I, I, I know her. I've like been a fan for so long. I like, you know, watch all her story times. I feel like I had such, you know, such good references to pull and all this stuff, but it was you guys saying, Oh, lemon, you're a little bit, you're running on the safe side. And it felt, mm. you know, I mean, it felt just kind of like, Oh, well I have to prove that I'm like working hard. Do you know what I mean? I obviously was working hard, but I, I, for my whole life, people have always said like, Oh, you're not, you're not working hard enough, but it's just, I think that my energy is very relaxed. I don't, I don't take things too personally. So it does, I totally see why people would think I like look like I don't give a fuck, but that's not the tea. It's not. I hear you and I completely see the truth in that, but, but you saying that makes perfect sense to us now from the perspective of being up on the main stage and seeing, and us just not letting you coast because we know that when you do put that extra oomph into it, it's like you fucking bring it. So when you are, and you are good enough to just, to just, you know, be as you are and coast, but it's like, it's like we, we, you can, you can fucking shine girls. So let's like, let's light that pussy on fire. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, (laughs) <laughs> Definitely. Um, let's let's talk about that last lip sync between yourself and re, and Rita Bega. It was it was was you ought to know uh, the Alanis Morissette song. Was that a song you yeah. were familiar with? Uh, no, not really. No, but you know, love Alanis, big fan. Yeah, I obviously had heard the song. I'm not like I don't live under a rock. But is it my 
it came out a few years before it was born. You know what I'm saying? There you go. I knew <laughs> I, I had a feeling I had a feeling it was so it when you see this episode, it's so interesting, because it's I think it's the first time in the whole season that they for a portion of the lip sync do a split screen between Ooh. yourself and Rita, because it was it was splitting hairs lemon. It, oh, no, I can't I tell you. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I can't really give much away in my face when I'm sitting up on the main stage, but my mind, my brain was exploding because it was so hard to not just give you both a double Shante, you stay. It was so hard to choose in that moment because it felt like Rita was somebody who grew up with that song, right. who, knew the ener- who knew the energy and the essence uh, and the message behind that song. And it felt like you were somebody who was from a younger generation and didn't and put your own twist on it, which was fun and different and interesting, but they, the performances were just so they yeah. were so wildly different. You fucking yeah. killed it. It was incredible. <laughs> they were they you. were they were just two completely different performances. It was tough, girl. I just want you to know. I hope you know that. Oh, I, I know. Honestly, I think when we got like down to the wire, like even honestly, I would say from episode one, every single lip sync, I think even just being like on the stage, I think every single time. Every one of, I think every one of the girls who was cast could have won the show. I think it was just, you know, literally splitting hairs. I think every single girl had such talent and really did bring it almost every week. So Mm -hmm. it was like so hard, I think, for you guys, but even just for us to know what's going to happen. I would give you guys props for all the decision making you had to do, because I don't know if I could have done it. There was just so much talent in the 12 of us, I think, that like. Juicebox could be a winner of a season. Bitch, like, bitch. Juicebox could be a winner of a season. That was rough. Kind that was, that is was... unbelievable. Tainomi yeah. Banks, Anastasia, like these people went so early who are absolutely unbelievable. I can't even imagine, you know, getting to the end and you guys having to make the decisions after you've seen so much of all of mm-hmm, us. Like, mm-hmm. you know. We get to see some... We get to see so much of you, but we also don't get to see, like, what I love so much about watching the season is that I get to know you. I didn't get to know you on set because all I saw was when you were on the main stage or when I was in the workroom with you, but I didn't get to, like, kiki with you or be friends with you. I was just delivering lines to you and, you know, like, and, and, and piecing out. It's been such an incredible journey watching you and falling in love with you through through the course of this season you're just such a little star i do remember that i got i did get to have a little moment with you after your elimination and tell you that tell you that that you're that you're fucking fun i don't know if you remember that but where i got to say I sure that you're, do. you yeah I believe you said to me you are such a star and i said i know <laughs> you did bitch you did and i turned to my I turned to my boyfriend like five minutes in i was like you know what that little bitch just said to me do you know what she just said the confidence on that one i love her love her honestly it's all delusional like you just have to convince yourself that you're confident until you are fake it till you make it is a real like it's a it's a it's a it's a a real psychological neurological game where it works believe it or not um what if anything would you have done differently in this this season um you know honestly i think I mean, there's some runway uh, things I would have made some adjustments to, but honestly, with what I was able to do, I think I did the best job I like could have possibly done. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, if, if someone had handed me a big bucket of money before I left, maybe things would have looked a little differently, but that wasn't my reality. And I think that I was able to make the, the few dollars I had go mm-hmm. quite a long way. And so, and then I think in every challenge, I was able to be 
myself for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even if it wasn't something I did, you know, a hundred percent perfectly in, I think mm-hmm. it was very true to myself and to my drag and to my work ethic and to, you know, my life and history that like, I don't know if I would want to change everything, anything. Mm. I think this was so, you know, an imperfectly perfect experience, if you will. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I'm, I'm, it's, it is something that I'm so glad that you brought up earlier on in the season about um, the amount of makeup that you brought. It was because you could only afford that much. Like, that's real. Honey, I lived in New York for eight years through my 20s. It was the best time of my life. But God damn, child, I was broke as a motherfucker. Oh, I was I was jumping subway turnstiles to make it to castings and auditions just mm-hmm. to save that $2 to buy lunch for myself. Like, mm-hmm. it was real. It is real. $1 pizza for three meals a day I've been Uh like it's and I think people expect and this is you know a good and a bad thing but people expect drag queens now to look like you know they walked straight out of a magazine and they're flawless and perfect and as much as I appreciate that and I agree like we should you know we should all be able to step it up there's certain things that I would have done but wasn't able to afford or wasn't able to you know get my hands on and I think you know, if I worry too much about like, oh, well, I should have, blah, 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 I could have, then I'll never worry about like, oh, well, I will, you know? So I think eventually I'll have the most iconic, sickening looks of all time and everyone will gag every time I take a step out of my house. But, you know, we're working on it. We're getting the best. Yes, bitch. Yes, yes, bitch. Yes. Well, there's always all stars, right? There's always all stars. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I want to hear. Incredible. I mean, I also, I also think that's part of the magic of um, and the charm of season one of, of Canada's Drag Race is For that sure. it, it it wasn't All Stars five of RuPaul's Drag Race where the queens oh. have like you know like like uh, each each and every one of their costumes are worth thousands of dollars. Absolutely. It was Absolutely. it was real. It was real. And like, uh, as much as that is like pure entertainment as well, it's just not yeah. feasible for everyone to have that, especially before you've been on the show. <laughs> Right. So yeah, I'm like, I'm, I think I'm perfectly happy with how everything went. And I think mm. in all the challenges, I was, you know, very comfortable in a way. Yeah. Like it was obviously really hard. It was the hardest thing I've ever had to do, but mm. I felt so proud of everything that I did do that. Like, you know, fuck a runway, who cares? Fuck a runway. I, I say the same thing. If there's anything that, if there's anything that you could leave the fans with, what would that be? Um, I would just say thank you so much to all of them. Like the support has just been unbelievable. And like the, the getting to know them and like getting to know you guys and, and being able to like hear your stories and and what has affected you and what parts of the show you loved. And even hearing how much you love my sisters, like means so much to me because you know, everyone keeps asking me like, oh, how is it watching yourself on TV? I'm like, that's not the weird part. The weird part is I'm watching like my 11 best friends on TV Mm. every week. Mm. Like I'm watching all my friends like go through such hard times and having stressful moments and and also having these beautiful, amazing moments. It's like so overwhelming Mm. to watch like your friends go through this. So me seeing, you know, people reaching out to my friends and say like, wow, you touched me. You were amazing. Thank you so much is special. It's Mm. uh, so thank you. That's all I would say to them. Thanks guys. Love ya.
Oh, Lemon, that's so beautiful. I'm such a huge fan. I hope you know that. I was a fan of yours from the, from from day one. Legit, I was. It was uh, it was a. It, I mean, it was a tough decision between you and Juicebox straight out the <laughs> gate. You know, I can't. Yeah. You know, I mean, like you said, Juicebox is a winner just as you are. I'm sure we'll be seeing tons more of both of you. But I am so glad that we got to see what you were made of through the course of the season. I'm so glad that we got to fall in love with you. Me, that the fans everyone. in the world get to fall so in love with you. Glad you didn't keep Juicebox. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna re- be replaying that clip um during season <laughs> season, season one of all stars exactly <laughs> well i i want to let you know lemon that we love you and we think you're doing a great job thank you so much i love you too thanks honey you are forever part of the drag race family we're all in this together i can't wait to see you again soon can't wait there's always all stars there's always all stars <laughs> bye Okay, Squirrel Friends, thanks for following along with us. We'll be sure to put links in the show notes to all of our Queen's social pages so you'll know where to find them, along with Amanda Bruegel, Brooklyn Heights, Stacey McKenzie, and myself. Once again, you can catch all new episodes of Canada's Drag Race every Thursday night on WOW Presents Plus in the U.S. and Select Territories, as well as Logo, Crave, and Out TV in Canada, BBC Three in the U.K., and Stan in Australia. We'll see you all back here next week with another extra special guest. And remember, drag is shady, but it's cute to be kind. So if you don't have anything nice to say, shut the fuck up. I'm JBC, and I'll see you next time. Bye.